welcome to Conversations with Moon, Body, Soul. Today, my special guest is Veronica. She is the creator of Milo Fox. It's a clothing line and a collection of sustainable casual wear. So thank you so much for joining us, Veronica. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Me too. So just so you guys know, I do not know Veronica very well. So this is very exciting. Everything that we talk about today and learn, we'll be learning together. Um, my friend Marielle introduced me to you, and she's always saying great things. She loves your clothing. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes. So uh, I just would love to know everything about how you started, what sure. got you into clothing, <laughs> um, what got you into keeping it sustainable. Um, yeah. yeah. Where did it begin? So um, I grew up with my mother. Always, We always made everything together. She's an amazing seamstress, um, as well as my grandmother. So it kind of really started in my childhood years of always wanting to make my own clothes and everything. Um, and then... Moving forward, um, I uh, I think my yoga journey kind of has a lot to do with the foundation of the sustainability aspect of it. Um, but I, I did a yoga teacher training about six or seven years ago. And then um, I was teaching for a little bit. And then uh, my creative mind is always thinking about different products to create. How can I, uh, you know, what what's the need here that I can like create something that is sustainable and beautiful? Um, so I uh, I saw an opening for yoga bags, really cool yoga bags in that market. So uh, I decided to pursue that. And I had a few friends that work in the fashion industry and they led me to one uh, pattern maker. That's the only resource I had. And uh, so I kind of hit the streets and had this vision of creating a line of um, made in LA, like sustainable yoga bags. And so uh, I started with that company and that's when I learned about manufacturing. I I studied geography in college. I knew nothing about about oh, wow. manufacturing, um, but I'm a very resourceful person. So, kind of, you know, one person led me to the next, and so I created this uh, yoga bag company. For, I had it for about three years, and then I closed that down. And then about a year and a half later, um, I had the idea of still getting into the yoga active industry. Um, and I have some active wear as well, um, as these bell jumpers, but, uh, I wanted to dive back into the manufacturing world. And so I kind of was able to use a lot of the same resources from my former business. And, uh, I started Milo Fox. It's been about a year and a half. So it's very much in its baby stages still. Oh, wow. So, um, but it's really exciting. So I've been able to kind of share a lot of my resources as well as, you know, Instagram and all of that and kind of transition seamlessly into this new, new business, which has been really exciting. That's so. really fascinating for me that you made a complete switch. Uh, can I ask what made you want to do that? Like what put the yoga bags on hold. Or? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, they, I didn't know anything about business. I just had this vision. I'm a visionary. And I was like, however, this is going to work. I'm going to make this work and nothing's going to stop me. I'll figure it out. So I did have a small amount of uh, investment from a friend of mine that helped me get that started. And 
but again, studied geography in college. I do nothing about business. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just always learn along the way. And that's how I've always been. And then you figure it out and you pivot and you move forward or sideways or whatever. And um, so the my profit margin, I didn't understand the, you know, importance of having really, you know, having all of your margins set properly. You're and speaking like right to me. <laughs> I'm like still in the thick of that, yeah. but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> totally. Because you just think, oh, no, but, you know, as things grow, the more you make, the, the lower your costs get generally with manufacturing. But that that definitely I would not recommend that being your starting point of looking at things like that. So, (laughs) yeah, we're having some deep realizations over here. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to it. It just wasn't doing it was crazy because with brand awareness, I did great. The products, I still have a few that sometimes I sell to friends or friends of friends. And the product is incredible. They're beautiful. I I still haven't seen bags like that to this day. Um, But they were just way too expensive. The fabrics I was using, way too expensive. I was manufacturing downtown here, which is also expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you kind of have to keep things in your in the market you know it's like who's gonna buy a yoga bag for four hundred dollars like you know a hundred dollars is still a stretch because you know we live in a world of cheap 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 everything so you kind of have to still focus on the quality of everything because that's the the foundation but you still have to like be able to kind of figure out how you can keep your prices I don't know it's yeah, I learned so much from that. But to answer your question, it just wasn't it, it, it wasn't sustaining itself like I couldn't do it any longer. So I had to shut it down. Um, but I learned like I always I was listening to a podcast recently. I forget who it was, but just talking about always like you're always failing forward. And that's how I look oh, at I like everything, that. you know, and I, I learned like so much. And now I take stuff from that business and I'm like, I would never do that again. <laughs> this I will, you know, and um, and so now this already is doing so much better than I ever imagined in a shorter amount of time because I have the tools and experience to work smarter. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. like that feeling yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's how I try to to meet every single, I don't quote unquote, failure problem or issue, yeah. but I try to be like, okay, won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Now I know. <laughs> Experience is the only way. So what did you do with that year break? Was it uh, planning for the Milo Fox launch or what did nope. you do? I So I've kind of always gone back and forth to living in nature and living in the city. It's this dance I do. And I lived in LA for about eight years. I currently live in San Diego where I grew up, but uh, I lived here for about eight years. I moved here for college initially. Um, and then I kind of, uh, found my way. I was, I lived downtown for a while and then Venice and ended up in Topanga Canyon for a while, which I love very much. And that living in Topanga, being in nature was a lot more inspiring to me. Nature is my number one source of inspiration. And I found that being in such dense areas, it like clogged my inspiration channels and I like couldn't have these visions or ideas of whatever you know my my business stuff so um Topanga was kind of my first introduction to being a little bit removed from the city to like get these business ideas um and then 
that was kind of more so during my sole yoga thing, my last business. But uh, so during that year period, um, year and a half period, I didn't really know what to do. But I was like, I'm not going to stay here in the city without I don't know what's next. But I, I knew I was going to come up with another business, just a matter of time. So I decided to move to Colorado and I was living in Keystone, Colorado for a year and a half. I love snowboarding. I love the mountains. So uh, I was dating somebody at the time whose family um, lived in Boulder. And so, uh, yeah, we just decided to live. He was kind of in a similar transitional period and um, we just decided to move. He'd lived in the mountains a bunch before, so it was very familiar. But uh, we lived in Keystone, Colorado. Um, And then... I just came up with the idea and had this vision and I was like, all right, time to go back to Los Angeles, you know, and, and get this business underway. So, um, I kind of always have to retreat to nature to get the visions. And then I go back to the city because I get so distracted here by everything because you could do whatever you want here, right. And create whatever you want. So, I have to have a very clear vision and just, it's a giant puzzle piece that, you kind of put everything together and get the wheels spinning. So I totally yeah. <laughs> get that. I feel like yeah. we have to retreat away from the city once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't know, if I were to think about it, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, a couple times a year. No, it's once a month. We're like, we need to get out of yeah. here. <laughs> we need to go somewhere. Absolutely. Um, wow. And Colorado is beautiful. I grew mm-hmm. up in Kansas, so we grew up going visiting Colorado mm-hmm. a lot. That yeah. was like our I love nature. It. Yeah. Wow. So when did you finally then launch Milo Fox? Uh, about a year and a half ago now. You're, yeah. I yeah. have definitely been perusing very your site. <laughs> I've been perusing your site. And when my boss gives me a raise, <laughs> I gave myself, <laughs> um, I'm crushing on your dresses a lot. Those look super cute. And your dress. Yeah. Super. Comfy. And your tops, your like mm-hmm. crop tops are awesome. They're amazing. I just love versatility with everything. Mixing um, and matching it all together. Yeah. And being able to wear the, the yoga tops, they're, um, they're longer. They're kind of like mid. I have a really long torso. So on me, it's almost a normal bra length. But on most people, it's about like middle of their stomach. So you're able to wear that, you know, with like a pair of jeans or everything's high waisted now. So you can yeah, wear it. Skirt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, or wear it to yoga and just kind of like, uh, you know, versatility with everything, which I love. So. How did you choose your color palette? Because I see that you do like a lot of really natural colors. I can't remember all yeah. your names exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, just nature. Just what Earth you like. palette. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if I'll always stick to the Earth palette. I, I mean, probably. It's not, I'm not like a neon per. I would, you'll never see any of that. But um, I'm just very inspired by by the colors of nature pastels I love the desert I was just out in Moab uh, for my birthday about a month ago and I'm just so inspired by the desert palette so much it's yeah so you'll see a lot of like rust burgundies sage greens um yeah I'm really into those. I'm also super into black. Any like yes. black everything. Mm-hmm. I have a vintage black uh, bell jumper that I will be out soon. But uh, yeah, black. I mean, that was the best. I did a charcoal. It's very similar uh, with my last batch, but it's always the best seller. Always. You can layer it with everything. Yeah. So, I yeah. worked. Uh, so when I first moved to Los Angeles, I worked for 
uh, Yoga Works in Santa Monica on oh, Main cool. Street. I was their retail manager. And it was insane. There were all these crazy yoga lines with like crazy prints, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But everyone just wanted black, like basic yoga pants. And yep. we never had them because I don't know why I was in charge of ordering, but I was in charge of like the sales. I'm like, how can you expect me to make good sales if we don't have the basics? <laughs> People come over, they're like, I want black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, I feel like there was uh, this huge trend for a short while with the crazy, crazy prints. And then I, but in like you would see it, I, I used to vend at all the yoga festivals and stuff and it was crazy prints, crazy prints, crazy prints. And then, but in class, you would see the majority of people are wearing solids. And I'm like, I feel that this is like a trend maybe that's kind of like tr- being pushed on people, but it's not really, most people just want solids, I feel like still. Maybe yeah. that's just what I chose to see. I, I do. Know. I think I like the staples. I yeah. like something that I know Yeah. Last, And I've had a pair of black yoga pants for like, man, six years, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, and I that's why I like it's this collection's all sustainable solids too. You'll I'll never do not I mean, I love prints as well, but for active wear and stuff, um yeah, I just I like to have things for long term, you know. Yeah. So, and when you yeah. say sustainable, what all does that entail? That is a huge umbrella state <laughs> <laughs> um man, so that could mean I I really love this term because specifically in the apparel industry it doesn't doesn't mean one thing there's to this day there's not one way that is 100% sustainable um it's really really close and things are getting there but it's not uh so you kind of get to like pick and choose which area you want to focus on whether that's manufacturing um in doesn't have to be the United States. You know, there are plenty of manufacturers abroad that have very strict regulations with everything. And so um, that could be considered sustainable because that is, you know, you you have very strict regulations with who you're working with. Whereas some factories, a lot of that stuff is like um, out of sight, out of mind. We don't know what, how it's being made, but it's being made, yet it's incredibly toxic. So um, with whatever manufacturing you use, that could be a part of sustainability. Um, what fabrics you're using, uh, dyes, all kinds of stuff. So for me, the path of um, sustainability, well, just really how can I limit my destruction to the planet, essentially. So, And from that, I've chosen to take the path of using uh, certified organic cotton and dyeing locally. Um, and however, that does not mean that's 100% perfect. Everything has its pros and cons. So, um, so for me, it's just how can I choose a path that is, uh, you know, the quality that I want and that fits my vision and branding and what I want to create, but um, it has a lower environmental impact. And then as the industry continues to the technology with like recycling and repurposing uh, materials and stuff, like that's an incredible part of the industry that's really transforming. Um, then I'll continue to pivot and, you know, be as move like closer towards being as sustainable as I can. So it's a really exciting time for the fashion world. I do love that that you use organic cotton. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Uh, cotton and like hemp and natural material. It just feels so much better on yeah. my skin. I feel like I've tried a bunch of 
now I'm becoming more aware of what I'm buying and what I'm using. Uh, and I feel like sometimes the recycled plastic, like what are your mm-hmm. thought on that? Is it, it, you know, um, so the recycled plastic bottle material there, I think there's sometimes we think that the way brands market things, of course, you're going to say these pants are made from recycled plastic bottles, which they are. And they recycle, a, I think, I don't know, a pair of pants is like 45 bottles or it's, it's oh, wow. you know, it's really, it's there. That's amazing that that textile exists. However, there's still spandex in there, which is a synthetic fiber, which I think a lot of people think that they're only getting this recycled 100% pant and that's not what it is. Same thing with what I make with what allows the stretch in the fabric is spandex. Like mine are 92% organic cotton and then 8% sp- uh, spandex. So again, that's not perfect, but it is so much better than doing 100% synthetic fibers. Um, so again, pros and cons with everything. But for me, I don't know. It's a very new thing with what that material, how that affects our bodies. I have a few friends that are neuroscientists and I talk to them about that. And they're like, it's a very new thing that we're starting to study is like what we're we're going to yoga. We're sweating. Our pores are open and we're wearing we're wearing plastic. And then that's, you know, obviously going into your body. Let's examine that. So that is a really interesting part um, of it too. But I I don't know. It's, there's still so much to learn. It's very new. It is new. And I I know that I keep seeing a lot of um, articles and things about uh, microplastics and like Mm -hmm. even washing recycled water bottle clothing. And then that just breaks down even further. so it's really fascinating. You're right. It is like, yeah. it's a, everything is a trade-off. Exactly. Um, and that's amazing. Like brands that use that, like there are tons of brands that do that. And that that's incredible. It's not, you know, the organic cotton, what I'm doing, that's not any better or worse. They're all, we're all on this sustainable, how can we clean things up a little bit? Because that is, even if you're just using eco-friendly packaging and that's where you're starting and everything else you're using is not eco-friendly in my eyes I'm just like heck yes that's amazing that's an incredible start and I'm not I don't look at people and say oh shame on you for not being 100 per-. like it's really hard and it is expensive but as it continues to be more of a popular demand from people that just like our food industry is now um, people are starting to ask more questions and and uh, so it's all just weighing out the pros and cons of everything and anybody on any part of like with their business is starting to incorporate sustainability. I'm like, it's amazing. So I like the the way that you personally view that and see that because (laughs) I do think we live in such a day and age of like pointing fingers and screaming at people for their shortcomings. So, yeah. And I feel like, so I started my business in 2015, 16, it launched in 2016 officially, but uh, around that time, like when I go back into remembering how it was when I was picking out my packaging, it was so different than what there is now. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely like when I first launched, I was so against using any kind. I did not want to have plastic containers. I didn't want to have plastic anything. Personally, I didn't tr- use plastic and I was very against it. But then I shortly saw that there was no way to keep my uh, bath bombs airtight. Like Mm -hmm. it was impossible without plastic. And 
it ended up being very hard for me to decide the way I wanted to go about it. But here recently, I mean, it weighs on me all the time. I don't feel like I, yeah. obviously, I'm a very, very small company. People probably see my Instagram <laughs> numbers and they're like, she's probably like killing it. But really, like my footprint is a lot smaller, but that does not mean that I shouldn't be weary yeah. of it. And so I've recently been re-researching and there are so many new options. Mm-hmm. But I'm still in the process of weighing those options because just because something is, um, what's the word? Compostable and biodegradable are two different things. Mm -hmm. And people see biodegradable and they think, oh, this is great. But really, that's another thing that can just break down into a smaller microplastic. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to learn and research and I feel like that's all I can do. But like hearing you saying that, I feel like (laughs) you're doing great. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's like, well, this will uh, disappear in a thousand years. You're like, what does that even mean? Like, okay, I guess I'm just going to call it like biodegradable. But it's like, really? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. They're bioplastics. There are a lot of options, but then it comes Mm -hmm. down to, okay, we're going to use corn to create this, but then what's that going to do to the food supply? And is it GMO corn? And there's there's just rabbit holes upon rabbit holes that you can go down researching Uh. this. I've spent, usually it's around 3 a.m. when this kicks in for me. I'm like, I need to figure this out now. (laughs) And I will go down some crazy rabbit holes. But I will say, um, I did find compostable uh, packaging for our moon dust. So once I run out of our current packaging, mm-hmm. we're switching. Um, I did switch our mailers to compostable mailers. So it's like slowly but surely. Sure. Things yeah. are shifting. But I look at companies like yours and I am inspired that, wow, look what she's doing. Like she's creating it all. Yeah. Everything I read on your website, everything's within like a 10 mile radius. Yep. Of what you everything's do. downtown right here. Yeah, yeah. That's still super yeah. su- like sustainable in yeah. the sense that you're not, uh, I would say so. Shipping yeah. things back and forth and all around. Yeah. There's, there's so many, so many layers to, to the fashion industry and yeah, with the packaging to the dye, to the water, to the fabrics, to the land, to the, you know, it goes on and on. And just with the packaging, you, there, you find one avenue that seems like that's the one. And then you, you know, you open up another door and you find another one and another, and it's just, yeah, it's like never ending, but it's also really exciting because there are more and more options. So true. There's more and more options and the more that you can research it, the better. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, four years ago, it was so different than mm-hmm. it is now. I'm like blown away. I was like, this wasn't available. <laughs> Which is great because yeah. as you can see, more and more people want that. So that's that's amazing. I'm kind of in a similar position with the like mailers and stuff and uh, the packing bags. And I use um, I've struggled with finding biodegradable ones, which I know they exist. I know huge companies use them. I've tried to contact those companies, asking them where they get them. And I have trouble kind of getting I through. I have one that I'll send you because amazing. since mine, most of my stuff is breakable. I can't use just mm. the simple whatever. Right. I'm sure what you send your clothes in is like a very thin yeah. package. Just the classic. Oh, I have clothes. I have a company yes. for you. Amazing. I wish I knew it off the top of my head. I would tell all of you right now, but I'm going to have to search on my Instagram. But I have it saved. Yeah. It's. I think they're based out of Australia, but they have an office here in Los Angeles. Cool. So amazing. You could even get it. Like Yeah. Because I use, my stuff is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. 
yeah, I forget the brand right now. But anyway, <laughs> this room does that to you. You're like, I know it. It's in my head. <laughs> um, but they're all recycled. So, however, I'm like, that's great. Again, it's not. It, it's better, but it's not perfect because it's still using all this energy to recycle these things. And it, so, you know, again, there's like a million things to focus on, but. Um, I would love to talk to you about yeah, packaging. More. But the <laughs> stuff I'm learning, though, even when it comes to recycling. So, so many people have reached out to me and they ask why my scrubs are in plastic. And there's a few reasons. Uh, mm. First reason is something slippery in your shower that is glass. I do not feel comfortable with at all. I've mm. personally cut my hand open on glass before and it was one of the worst injuries <laughs> I've ever, ever had. I had all the surgery. It was ridiculous. Wow. So glass in me already, it's like, that was almost like a little warning <laughs> sign. Don't do it. Um, but Extreme to, product testing. Yeah. <laughs> so glass is obviously very reusable, but when it comes to recycling glass, I believe it takes more energy to recycle glass than it does to recycle plastic. Interesting. There's just it, all these trade-offs for... Yeah. Everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. So again, back to when, you know, sometimes people come at you and be like, why aren't you doing it this way? Yeah. And you're like, trust me, I know what you're talking about. However, there's there's so many. Let me let's break that down and then look at every different facet of just the statement you said. You're right. But I'm also right. And we're both we're both saying the same thing. We're both looking at the same thing and just like picking different sides of it, you know. So I love your attitude on it. We're all you trying have to, to get be to that. Same it's place. like there's no I went to the uh what really like you know solidified this for me was I went to the uh sustainable fashion um forum conference up in Portland uh, a couple months ago and uh they one of the speakers there she was just talking she's the one who said there's not like one way of sustainability in the fashion world there's not one way that's perfect it doesn't exist and so that's why I'm saying all of that is like you just have to pick and choose which way you want to go it's all great and um, then somebody said somebody in the audience I was really actually interested in this question they said well what about natural dyes and using natural plant dyes and hemp and and she said I'm glad some Somebody asked that question. So that's that's a very common thing. People say that to ask me that a lot and say, why aren't you using natural dyes? And that that still uses a mordant, which is a chemical process. And then but you're using the plant dye. So it's it's almost perfect, but you're still using water. So there's that. So, again, it's almost perfect, but it's not 100 percent perfect. And so you just always I always just focus on that and pat myself on the back because just what I'm doing, it's it's so much it it I could do things a lot cheaper. I could do things a totally different way. And but it's not that's not what I'm about. I'll never be about that because the foundation of this business of, you know, my heart is how can I be, you know, of service in some way in this for me. I let we all wear clothes. I just I understand manufacturing world. That's what I'm in. But it's how can I be of service in that industry to kind of in my small way, clean it up a little bit with the business model that I've created. And if I can inspire one person to kind of educate themselves in the, the fashion industry, then that's a victory. So that's Yes, That's it awesome. is. I feel yeah. the exact same way about the bath industry for real. 
I don't know anything about the bath industry. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Do you take baths? All the time. So, yeah, I I mean, I won't go too far into this because people have heard this on the podcast before, I'm sure. But uh, when I was researching, like, what people were actually soaking in, which goes totally different, I think, than, like, what you're wearing on yeah. your body. Uh, but, like, your pores are open. You're in the water. You're actually soaking yeah. in it. Um, it was shocking to me, like, what I learned and trying to cut all of that out and then I learned that even if something is natural doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. Is Dr. Bronner's okay? Um oh Dr. Bronner's actually okay, good. good. Soap, yeah. That's good soap. <laughs> Soap's a whole nother world and I haven't really gotten into soap. See, I know nothing um, about <laughs> Yeah, I haven't gotten into soap that much because soap does have um a chemical reaction. That's how it actually like suds up and bubbles you. Um mm. it's so funny because if I ever meet like an older uh, usually man and they ask what I do and I'm like, oh, I'm, I make self-care products, bath products. They all go, oh, you make soap. <laughs> no, I don't make soap. That's me. I'm the old man here. You say you make soap. Okay. No, I wasn't trying to say that. No, but I don't make, I don't make soap. But the bath products that I do make, um, when I was researching it, I thought that the word natural was everything, which probably the same with the word sustainable. They yeah. like are these over encompassing words. Mm-hmm. Um, could mean anything. Literally yeah. could mean anything. But I will just give two little tidbits about the word natural. Uh, be wary of bath products that have cornstarch in them. Cornstarch is natural. We've all used it, heard of it. comes from corn. Um, it's very drying to your skin. Hmm. And there is some research that it may or may not exacerbate yeast infection. So you don't really want to oh. take a bath in that. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. There's some people that say it doesn't, but all the research that I found, usually those people are the ones that are selling bath products with cornstarch in them. Um, so I just there left it go. out yeah. just in case. If you don't know, <laughs> yeah, leave it out. No, um, and then also mica, uh, which I'm really, I'm trying so hard to learn all of this so that I can easily share the information. So I'm trying to um, come out with a blog on this so that this is better broken down and understandable. But mica, even though it is technically a natural colorant there's no such thing as like neon green mica or bright blue mica mica comes in like shades of silver gold white like that kind of mm-hmm. range and then it turns out that if you're using natural mica there's this risk of cross-contamination so or not cross-contamination what's the word contamination of other minerals uh-huh. um that could be present, which wouldn't be good. So most of it is synthetic mica. And then the oh. way they color it is the exact same colors that people are like, I don't use FD&C1, red dye number two, whatever it is. That's mm-hmm. how they're coloring the mica. So oh. people are putting mica on their uh, products labels. Wow. People think it's natural. And like 90% of the time, it's still a petroleum-based like All right, anytime you take dye. a bath, I'm going to have to call you first. Oh, yeah. Is I'll this? hook you up. Let me read some, you the whole... I'll hook you up with some products before you leave. But yeah, just those two examples alone. Yeah. Of, of natural. Like, anything. Wow. Beverage, every every food product, everything. Natural flavors. Be weary, people. Yeah. We were I talking about LaCroix before we started. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So it's a, it's a learning process, but I love your outlook on it. I love your positivity and your... And inclusivity of it yeah absolutely there's so and it's I really do think anyone that's interested in well starting any business first of all it's an incredible time to be alive in that world with all of you know Instagram wow that's incredible that's I mean I can't imagine like 10 years ago you know before pre-Instagram pre-Shopify Squarespace all these like platforms 
I remember one of my friends paying like five grand to have a website built out. It was beautiful, but it's like, what? Like, and what yeah. we have access to today. So it's a pretty incredible time for starting a business. But uh, specifically in the fashion industry, it's I wake up every day truly excited because there's so much to learn. There's so much innovation happening. Um, and uh, yeah. And one thing I really do love about being in the sustainable part of whatever industry you're, you're in the sustainable eco-friendly part of your industry, you know? And so I find that people generally want to share their sourcing more and not versus, I feel like before people are a little more closed off with where, where they get your package, where you get all this stuff. I don't know why, but um, maybe having to do with pricing or who knows, like figuring out what people's costs actually are, who knows. But when in the sustainable world, like anybody that I reach out to for a resource about things, like generally they'll want to share that with you because hopefully their main purpose behind what they're passion behind what they're doing with this this purpose is that they want to sustainability they want that to grow they want more people to be become aware of it they want more people to incorporate that into their businesses at least that's how I am and so of course like I'm I will share my resources with people as much as I can because my goal is to as a collective spread this sustainable you know be more environmentally friendly in whatever way that you can. And it doesn't have to look perfect, you know? That's like, beautiful. it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean I, I will never, you know, walk into any Forever 21 again in my entire life. Like, if I need a pair of socks real quick, like, okay, but you know, it's not... It's not an ideal place to go, and I'm very much working against the fast fashion industry, but I think that pe we don't need to be so extreme. I think that the change... The, like in a realistic way of having a change happen is if we can all just slow down, ask a little, ask some more questions about things and slow down. And that, that as it, as you know, for the masses will really create more of a change. Um, so that's really what inspires me and is more realistic for people instead of thinking, turning, you know, I'm never walking into a Target or an H&M or all these things. It doesn't have to be that like black and white, just slow down. And then over time, you'll stop going in there. Maybe. Yeah, little by so, little changes. I'm yeah. I'm honestly trying to little by little <laughs> change my entire wardrobe from yeah. like um, fast fashion pieces that they fall apart. They really do. It's it's impossible for me to wear something and wash it more than like yeah. I don't even know how many times. That's what they're made for. Done. Yeah, um, but you're right. In like a pinch, maybe. But honestly, my goal really would be that every single piece of clothing I own is a thoughtful choice mm -hmm. that I like stop to be like okay I need this how yep. you know yep really think it all out or thrift stores but oh my yeah, gosh yeah amazing thrifting is the best I heard this incredible uh statistic the other day and um one of my favorite podcasts for sustainable fashion world is called Conscious Chatter. It's incredible. Any like I think she has 300 episodes of all these different oh, businesses. Cool. And I've learned so much from that podcast. And uh, she interviewed somebody with um, this thrift business they've had forever and uh, something along the lines of like the thrift industry has I think grown like 20 plus percent like faster than the apparel industry wow. like over the last year or two I think so it's surpassing like people buying from thrift stores is like growing faster than people walking into um 
you know. I love H&M it. The or... skirt I'm wearing right now is a thrift <laughs> find. Most of my like favorite pieces are. Yeah. There's some great ones over here on the uh, east side. But uh, have you also watched, I feel like not only thrift, but like, um, what am I trying to say? High fashion brand like knockoffs are becoming like really sought after. Have you watched Slobby's World? No. You guys, I don't even know if I want to say this on the podcast. <laughs> do share. Bentley made me watch this. It's on Netflix. It's called Slobby's World. It's basically this guy, his name is Sloppy. You can just try to picture what he looks like just from that name alone. It fits him well. Um, But he has basically, I think, a thrift store in Arizona. I might be wrong. uh, Where it's like all knockoff, like Gucci, like really like from the 90s knockoff designer clothes that now are like making a huge comeback. Wow. Yeah. Like the knockoffs are becoming worth more than the the original. I got to check this out. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, so you're actually answering a lot of questions. I was going to ask you who inspires you within this industry or just even with your work, who inspires you. So you mentioned that podcast. Is mm-hmm. there anyone else that you look up to or that you really enjoy yeah, learning from? Absolutely. Um, uh, brands in L.A., I really I really love Christy Dawn. I'm very, very inspired by what they're doing with the dead stock fabric. Um, that's a whole other avenue within sustainability that also has pros and cons. And, you know, so um, I'm really inspired by by their business. Same. Um, and let's see. As far as uh, where my personal love for like classic timeless pieces comes from um kind of my parents my dad was always had like the same unit outfit on all the time of his like levi jeans and this plain t-shirt and then he always had the old old school bmw motorcycles and just old everything like collection you know there wasn't like a trend with all of these things and i think like from childhood i I don't know i was just always inspired by my dad i guess that's interesting to say for fashion stuff but um just as far as like classic stuff and uh so i've never i don't know i i like the that's kind of where that comes from for me is just i really like to have things last for a long time i'm not into trend-based things i used to be i used to shop at forever 21 all the time like you know every every week or two in there buying new buying 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 and then uh, many years ago and then it's so cool to see now of like i kind of create i prefer having this kind of It's not really a uniform, but I kind of wear the same thing like and it's just my for now. This is my look and it's they're timeless pieces that I hope to have in my closet for years to come. Yeah. When I when I peek through your website and your shop, I'm like, I would wear all of these pieces. Like (laughs) that's what I wear throughout my day. Like mix and match. (laughs) Like when we have to go somewhere and actually look, I don't even know, appropriate or like dressed up and not casual. I'm like, what do I do? I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, I can't wear my cowboy boots. So that's fancy. I feel like I could wear though your yoga top with like a skirt and it would totally work and be like really cozy. Um, Do you follow Livia Firth? No. Colin Firth's wife? No. She's super into um, sustainable clothing and getting away from fast fashion. You should, you should definitely follow her. She's somebody that I don't even know how I ended up following, but I really love seeing what she shares and um, she's kind of shining a light on some of those bigger companies so people understand like where their garments are being made in this specific country. You know, they have no rules or regulations. So if Mm -hmm. you see 
I don't even know if it is Bangladesh, but a, yes. a, a, is it Bangladesh? Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you see that on a label, like that's a straight up light yep. bulb in your head that these people are probably not being paid fair wages. Um, but yeah, she's really, she's really inspiring to me too. And I love that you yeah. mentioned Christy Dawn. I reached out love. and I was like, can we get Christy Dawn on the <laughs> podcast? Uh, I haven't finished reaching back out yet though. They were like, send us all your info. Yeah. I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's my closet. <laughs> Yeah, another, I just thought of this, um, this documentary called River Blue. It's an incredible documentary about how the fast fashion industry is literally killing rivers in Bangladesh, India, like all of these very sacred places. And uh, they're, they're killing rivers because there's, again, little to no regulation. And these companies are dumping all of the... so. The dye houses and printing the all of the that's the textile industry like it's dumped into rivers and wow. uh, Bangladesh being you know and there this guy um, went out there and did a documentary on it and it's it's absolutely incredible slash makes you really sick and uh, terrified but again the more awareness we can create with all of this like if you see once once I kind of geeked out in this world like you can't you can't unsee that I'm like I can't it's yeah it's crazy but uh river blue and then the true I feel like a lot of people have maybe seen the true cost on Netflix but that's a really great um kind of intro overview to all of this yeah it has a lot to do with uh and in bangladesh there was this massive uh factory that collapsed and killed i think almost a thousand people um they were all employed by fast fashion brands um maybe forever 21 h&m i don't know but huge brands gap all of that and uh and um a lot of people died and it's it's often what happens is you have these huge companies that are trying to get the the cheapest, you know, the most made cheapest cost, right? So then you have, they go to multiple manufacturers and say, we want, we need X amount and this amount of time, how cheap can you do this? And then if they give them that price and then they go to the next manufacturer, they give them a cheaper price and it's just going back and forth until someone's like, fine, we'll do that. And it's just crazy. And then these people are getting paid nothing in these like, horrific conditions and to me, incredibly dehumanizing is insane. And so anyways, those are two really great movies, River Blue and The True Cost, um, that I would recommend to get a little intro into yeah. this world. So You're right, though. Once you finally see and you're awakened to something, yeah. it's really hard yeah. to not make a conscious choice the next time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. still learning how to be, not walk around being like, what are you wearing? You know, point yeah. your fingers to your family, being like, stop, put, throw that, get the, you know, get rid of this, blah, blah, blah. This is bad. Never shop there again. But it, again, like that doesn't really help, you know? Exactly. So you just have to slowly teach people and share bits and pieces if they're ready to learn and open to it. And then from there, that will continue to infiltrate the the masses, I think. I think one of the quotes that I've uh, been told and said, and I don't even remember where I picked it up, but uh, be the lighthouse was what I've read before. And I kind of love that. Like yeah. a lighthouse is sitting there just like shining light. Yeah. But it stays put. 
if people come up to it, they need it. It works. But yeah. like you don't need to sit there and just project it out. Absolutely. But I do love what you share on your stories. You're very active on Instagram, too. And Thank I love you. I love the different things that you share. And um, yeah, it's inspiring. I like Thank you. I like learning from it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so can I t- ask you a little bit about like your day to day? Sure. Because I'm always so fascinated at other people that make their own schedule completely. It's a it's a tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing really, and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yep. Um, sure. Absolutely. So it depends on what part of my what part of the process I'm in with with production stuff, you know. So sometimes I'm in L.A. like three days a week and sometimes I don't need to be and I'm in San Diego, you know. So it really just depends on what part of the production process I'm in. Um, but I would say a lot of it has to do – well, I get up. Let me start over. I get up <laughs> and every morning um, I'm pretty – pretty strict about this with myself. Um, I, my teacher, Travis Elliott, maybe, you know, yoga teacher, um, he uh, talks about movement, meditation and plan every morning. So whether that's, you know, five minutes of moving my body, moving my energy, meditation, like I, I won't look at my phone, like I first thing I do in the morning. Um, So yeah, movement, meditation, and then look at like the plans for my day. And that's like how I start the day always um and recently matcha lattes that's my recent thing love Um, matcha (laughs) um and then generally a lot of like computer work there's so much back-end stuff all the time with um shopify and uh yeah just mostly computer stuff and then i'll pop up here pretty regularly so there's not there's not an everyday structure some people have that. A lot of people do also. That helps them. But for me, I have this list of things I need to get done and I kind of, you know, do them when it fits and I get everything done. But I'm not I need to have a little more flow because I can't just do all of these things. Like sometimes you're just not in that state of mind for the creative side of things. And then you're like, well, this design sucks. Or, you know, you have to be in that right state of mind. But I get it all done. But the structure is you know, fluid. Same. I yeah. like that. I like Glad that you, you understand have, me. Oh yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I like that you have your ritual in the morning though. Um, yes. I think ritual is really important, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have much structure other than that. Absolutely. I think it really sets up your day. Yeah. Um, do you like to do guided meditations or do you do just by yourself? I do guided. Yep. Same. It's kind of a goal setting, a manifestation thing kind of with working with like vision like seeing lights moving through your body and so it's kind of a combination but it really works for me because every day I have generally for the last like month or two I see the same the goal same goals and the same things that I am calling in and uh imagining yourself like what's that feel like to you what and then surely they start to happen. Um, I know everybody has like very different opinions with how manifestation works. I love Lacey Phillips work. Um, I've done a lot of her stuff as well. I like her. Are you familiar with her at all? No, I'll have to look into her. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm really into the manifestation world and there's a million, a million ways. Some parts with like neuroscience stuff to it that just thinking positive doesn't really actually do anything. You have to like get back and rewire some things in your subconscious. So I don't know. But for me, yeah, goal setting, manifestation, and that's kind of all 
in my guided meditation. I do the same one every day. I can see why Marielle <laughs> thought we would be great friends. <laughs> Can't believe Thank we you, didn't Marielle. do this sooner. <laughs> Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, speaking of goals, uh, do you have any goals or anything upcoming that you're really excited about or that you're working towards? Let's see. Um, just right now, getting this these bell jumpers that I've been, I switched manufacturers I've been through multiple manufacturers. That's a whole other story of trial and error. Um, all amazing and all learning lessons. All have their pros and cons. But uh, right now, just getting these bell jumpers out into the world and getting into retailers. That's really... I've just been selling online um, and I really have enhanced my best selling products and they're I'm really confident with them. And I and so now my goal is to get into retailers. That's really my next mi- upcoming mission. And then long-term goals um, continue. Like the sustainability part of it is so is like everything to me. Probably more size um, inclusivity. That's really important to me. Again, when you're manufacturing, it's like you have to start smaller. And then as more money comes into the business, you can expand in all these areas. And that for me, having more of a size range is really important. Um, And uh, yeah, working eventually towards a more uh, closed loop um, company. So having creating... I don't know, five years down the line, some sort of recycling like program, like really trying to make these garments I make and have them eventually maybe like come back to the business somehow. They can be broken down, recycled, turned into a new textile and then sold again somehow. So I'm I'm really inspired by companies that focus on this like circular economy Um it's very new in the fashion industry. It's the technology to break down and recycle fabric is a very, very new thing that um, I don't know if it's available yet for. <laughs> Sorry, we might have dogs crying. I don't know if you guys can hear our puppies. Uh, but yeah, so f- focusing on creating some sort of like uh, more incorporating more like recycling in some way within my business. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but. Yeah. Those are great goals to have. Um, We've talked about this a little bit, but how do you handle setbacks? Like, Um, it's, yeah, owning a business, you guys, it's a roller coaster. Um, There's, yeah, it's, oh, it's the the highs are really high, and then you get in these stagnant periods, and then things go wrong. Um, I, I really just focus on why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's it. Like, I mean, I've wanted to give up so many times. I'm like, just get like a normal job. You know, just find some... I threaten that like once a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just have to remember why you're doing what you're doing. And that's it. And I, I have a really solid group of, you know, friends that are very scattered all over the country, but they've been in my life for a decade plus. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have friendships that support, encourage you and uh, just want the best for you and to help you grow. And they're always reminding you of why you started what you what you started. So having a very close friendships and people that love you is is incredibly important to me. I think focusing on the why is great yeah. advice, even not in business. But you're right. That is honestly what <laughs> keeps me going. What's your intention? What What's my intention with this business? What am I doing? You know, and 
So this kind of piggybacks off that. Mm -hmm. But if someone were to say I'm launching a new business, what advice do you have? Go for it. Um, I would say start small. Don't get, you know, I with my first business, I got really excited and I made too many things. And then I was like, oh, everybody doesn't want to buy these like the first day they're on sale, you know, and, you know, just getting kind of overly excited, making too much. So I would say start really small and have sell out. And then the next time make a little bit more. That's what I'm doing right now. You know, it's I made X amount. They sell out and versus you don't want to have all these products sitting on your shelves because those are dollars sitting on your shelves and and waste um, if they don't sell. You know, I have I have a bunch of yoga bags still. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I wouldn't. They're beautiful creations. I wouldn't call them waste, but I mean, it's waste like it's, it, it, it is. And um, start really small and then grow in a sustainable way. And uh, yeah, keep going perseverance <laughs> i'm sorry if you guys can hear the dogs crying we've kicked them out of the podcast studio and i don't know they've never done this before um that is really solid sound advice i wish someone told me that i definitely wanted variety when i started but mm -hmm. then it turns into so many skews yes to keep up with yeah um and it's hard to guess ever what's gonna happen even comparing yeah. years and comparing you know last holiday to this holiday or last summer to this summer yeah uh, i think inventory is one of the harder mm -hmm. things that you have to go with the flow with yes absolutely that's yeah i mean keeping up with every people return thing you know it's like you the inventory is a huge huge thing that um i have a very strict uh strict uh relationship with with that part of it but um yeah I mean starting small I would say and also realizing in the beginning I had this idea that like I needed to have so many items in this collection you don't like I'm kind of right now like this new batch of production I'm finishing I'm just making these bell jumpers because they were my best seller like seven out of ten people are looking for the bell jumper because it's a really unique product and so I look at those analytics and say, okay, like I'm going to invest some money back into the bell jumpers right now. And then also in a couple of months, more of the activewear, but just like focusing on, you don't need to make a collection of like 20 pieces. You could sell, you can sell one thing. I could just sell a bra top and have it in three colors. And that's amazing. Get that out there and get started. So just go for it. I like yeah. that advice. Um, I think I've asked you <laughs> most of the question I've written down or you've just answered. So thank you cool. for sharing all that. Yeah, of course. Um, lastly, I really like to ask, you kind of touched on what you're doing in your mornings for your ritual, but what other self-care practices uh, do you do? Um, well, one of the most important things to me, again, is retreating to nature. <laughs> so that really clears my head instantly. Um I have some really good friends that live in Big Bear, up in the San Bernardino Beautiful. Mountains, and uh, I go visit with them at least hope, maybe once every two to three weeks, and I'll stay for a night or two, and we'll go on these like five-mile hikes up to these swimming holes, like in, 
you know, and it's just like the most incredible thing. And then it's funny because it takes me like an hour or two whenever I get up there. I'm like, give me like an hour, you guys, to like kind of shed the the cityness for a minute, like all of that. And, you know, we just like laugh about it. And then we'll go on our hike and make a beautiful dinner together. And then I'm like, OK, I'm in nature now. And then I go back to the city. So they're kind of like my little my little mountain retreat up there. And they're yeah, that's kind of recently what I've been doing. Um I go up to Mammoth area pretty frequently now. I go to the hot springs up there a lot. I'm a hot springs junkie. I um, love it. Yeah, I, nature. I'm always, I I car camp all the time. I'm like, I love camping. I'm always kind of, you know, venturing out. There's so many places to, in Los Angeles, San Diego area where you can go be in the mountains around nobody. And that's really healing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that you prioritize that. Absolutely. I said that that was the last question, but it's not. <laughs> what do you have um, an interest in crystals at all? Do you use them? Crystal stones, rocks? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've never. Okay, I one time I've been in Big Bear area. I thought my friend took me. My friends in Big Bear they go they do that all the time. They go out in the Sierras mining and stuff, and and they took me in some area in Big Bear, and I found this crystal that was like smaller oh than my. a tooth, and I was like, oh my god, my first crystal! I was so excited. That's so exciting, though. So I have not. Thing. Yeah, I am holding a huge crystal right now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been uh, crystal crystal mining in. California and in San Bernardino and that whole area, I know yeah. that there are lots. So I want yeah. you to show me where you went, please. <laughs> secret uh, spots. <laughs> yeah, take a really secret spot. But uh, yeah, so I always pick a crystal for the podcast that I yeah. kind of feel like fits the guest or the topic. And I obviously didn't know you before this. I knew of you. Yeah. But I chose clear quartz just because I feel like... Um, when I was thinking about you and your line and I was thinking of cotton and organic cotton, for some reason, I feel like cotton is like one of those like staple mm-hmm. things. I was like, clear quartz is like the staple Amazing. crystal that yes. kind of matches. I it love like it. is a good base for almost all, like all of the quartz. It's a great like, yeah. I don't know. It just I reminds it. me. I was like, Thank it connects you. in my head to cotton. I don't know if anyone else gets that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there is a little baby clear quartz on that tray yeah Ooh, that little guy um that is from arkansas where the hot springs are you would love hot springs arkansas (laughs) Um, amazing but yeah the uh, clear quartz if you guys don't know that you're listening it is said to be for clarity and amplification i honestly think that most stones when you read about what they're for and the uses and energy i kind of take it all with a grain of salt Mm because i'm like that's one person's interpretation but when it comes to clear quartz, I almost feel like there's no denying that it's an amplifier. Yeah. Um, it's literally used to power all of our stuff, yep. all of our electronics, all of our clocks, everything. everything. So Beautiful. I do think it is like a major energy conductor and just like staple. Yeah. Thing. One of my uh, side tangent, when I lived in Topanga, uh, one of the houses I lived in there, um, one of the neighbors, their entire like fencing, like stonewall fencing around their entire property had these massive rose quartz crystals wow. on every like pole, you know? And every time I drove home, I just drove past this like what seemed like a mile long, you know, of just rose quartz. And every time I just got the love like blown in my hair, I'm like, thank you guys. Like every time I drove by, I'd just sit there and say, thank you. I feel the love. I never met them, but I just, you know, so yes. I, That's my goal in life is to have rose quartz <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. 
<laughs> Do you have anything else that you would want to share? Anything? I know you're working on restocking yeah. your bell jumper, but anything else you want to share before we close up? Just follow your heart. If you have any visions, dreams, anything uh, that you've been thinking of doing, go for it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. There's always there's always somebody that you can reach out to. Um, and uh, yeah, just live from your heart and work from your heart. Beautiful message. Thank you. Go for it. Life is too short. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, thank you, Veronica, so much for coming thank on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to hear more and leave us a review. If you have any special guests or any requests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send us an email to hello at moonbodysoul.com.